Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Adjacent. You're listening to the Sports Adjacent. Okay, I like that. I just learned something new today. Adjacent. With Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey on the House of L Network. We're doing everything I dreamed of as an adjacent. Why y'all have me come on your show and then make me do labor? I don't understand that at all. <laughs> you, oh, you own the network. <laughs> I, right. That's the labor that I'm doing. Jason's like, I want you to do this segment and come up with things like this. And I'm okay, like, all right, let's let's get into I just, it. I just, like, okay. you know, I do it. Like, listen, I do. I'm asked to do that five days a week. I don't want to come on here. And like, you, I, I just wanted to hang out with the boys. That's all I wanted okay. to do. Well, Russ and I had a, a kind of a, not an argument, but we disagreed about this because we, I was of the mindset that you would not want to do this because this is work and you do plenty of other things. And Russ thought like that, I, I get, you thought probably that he'd been feeling left out, that he'd been wanting to be included in this and hadn't been. Correct. Because he had said he like, I just like when the four of us are in the same space together because it's the funniest two hours. Oh my gosh, yes, my especially week. if it's not recorded. Yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, those are the best. So, which is it? Do you you were wanting to come on here, or you? Or of this course, is of a, course, a labor want, and a chore for you. I want to hang out, but I don't want to be given segments. You were you didn't give Billy Gill like, hey Billy, why don't you do a segment for us and tell we us did. some things that are bothering okay. you? Like when we <laughs> when we did that. We did do that. I'm just saying, when, like when when we have a guest coming, my goal is to try a guest co-host mainly. My goal is to try to set them up for it to be for there to be stuff for them to go to, stuff that's going to be in their wheelhouse. And so I gave you two things, Lawrence. And and trust me, like you know, I, I tread lightly talking to you this way, but I gave you two things that were like you know, with my Tony voice, I, I gave you two things that were like. Three minutes of work total. Lawrence, I just wanted you to kick it, man. <laughs> That's all I wanted to do. I just wanted to kick it. I just wanted to be part of this awesomeness that you guys are putting together. And I'm like, oh, let I, me, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it that. Let me let me get a segment together. Right. Here. Well, well, here's what's grinding my gears today, Jason. That would be great. Let me tell you about this. You'd be great at a grinding my gears segment. All right. Well, you're about to be part of it, and we're about to find out what your participation level is going to be. Welcome to Sports Adjacent, everyone. That voice that you're hearing is Lawrence Holmes, the godfather of sports media, the kingmaker in Chicago radio, podcast, television, every medium. Lawrence, welcome to Sports Adjacent. Glad to have you. Yay! This is where where, uh, Tony puts in the in post. yeah, I liked last week when Tony did it himself. Go ahead, do it again, Tony. We heard Russ's. Oh, the pew, pew, pew. Yeah, what is that? That's like a Brazilian the air horn. It's uh, the air Jamaican horn. air horn. Jamaican air horn. There it is. Go ahead. Well, I, do yours. Do yours, Lawrence. I would do it. If I actually have it on my my phone. No, well, and that's if not, I wasn't. Okay. You, oh, wait. Actually, you know what? I got it right here. I just have to download it in a second. And then you can 
hear it off of you. Excellent radio. That's how I want. Yeah. Right. <laughs> We're not live or anything. It's cool. Yeah. While we wait for you to do that, the, completely... the guy who's made his living in radio all these years. Hey, let me download this real quick. I mean, sometimes things it. have to, you have to wait a little bit. That's yeah. all. It's, well, but Tony it's can cool. put it in in post. I wanted to hear you try to do it, and I, I, I'll go. Pew, pew, pew. Not good. There we go. There we go. Yeah. He's See, it was completely worth the wait. <laughs> okay. So the, the man hitting the uh, horn on his phone is Lawrence Holmes. I'm Jason Leisure with my co-host, Russ Dorsey. And we got Tony Gill producing as always. And we want to start by thanking Obvious Shirts, our sponsor. You can go on there right now. Uh, they've got like 15 to 20 really good White Sox shirts. And I bring up the White Sox because they're the only team in town that's good right now. They've got going, 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 Vaughn. All right, you brought the whole. Uh, and then he, then he, said he, didn't, he said he didn't want to do no work and got all the sound effects. He brought the he whole 670, the score, music board. <laughs> waiting for the sound effect Wait, board. let's see what else I got. Okay. Make sure that these are all royalty free, please. These these are. Right. Okay, Here, Tony, this is for you. Let it, there you go. Okay. I want to say that Lawrence W. Holmes is black excellence. It's personified. What was that? That's someone saying ham? <laughs> yes. Like the lunch meat? Yeah. Or okay. hard as a, it, it's fine. Okay. Yes. Russ is correct. I am all of those things that he said. <laughs> anyway, obvious shirts. They've got going, going Vaughn. They've got, uh, I was a fan before 2005. They've got baseball needs more Tim Anderson's. Uh, they've got 15 to 20 really good White Sox shirts on there. They've got our collection of sports adjacent shirts, and you can get anything you want on there for 10% off by using the promo code adjacent 10. And they already I have free that, shipping, free I return, so shirt. it's all good. I What'd you get? What'd every, you get? Everyone loves Tony Gill's shirt. Yeah. That's a hot seller. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now, Lawrence, you know, we invite you on our lovely podcast. <laughs> And I what? appreciate you. I appreciate you. No, no, no. I appreciate you supporting our business, our sponsor. But of all the shirts that are available in our collection, that's the one you bought. Fair point. You, yeah. you, know, you know how this man gets. He you knows know better than anybody. Yeah, he knows better than anybody. The destruction. He knows the most. Yeah. But of all the shirts, that's the one. Yeah. And I'm going to wear it on the air tomorrow. I am going to wear it so that people yeah. on the Twitch stream can see it and hopefully people will buy it. And my hope is that that puts more money in obvious shirts pocket, therefore putting money in you guys pocket, therefore putting money in my pocket. It's all connected. That's all, it's all that good stuff. <laughs> that's all good, but that's how we like, roll. You understand what you're encouraging here. You, you're coming on here and in, in, in some ways like doing your best impersonation of Tony so far. Feel like, like hijacking the show? Treating, oh, my gosh, yes. And you're just treating it like a playground. My boy. Where do you think he got this from? He's my boy. <laughs> this, is, this is Lawrence. Ladies and gentlemen, like, I, I want, I'm so glad that this is the Lawrence we're getting because you don't know sometimes which Lawrence you'll get. The Lawrence that we're getting is the Lawrence, like, cut loose with zero responsibility for how this turns out. He is just letting it fly. This is not his show that he has to worry about. He is just going to turn it loose. And I think that's going to be fun, Russ. The best part of Lawrence is, you know, people, like you said, people hear the, the, the cultured professor, the, the 20, almost 30 years in the business, Lawrence Holmes, right? Oh. Every five days a week, noon to two, 
But we, as his friends, like we get the unfiltered, unedited, uncensored Lawrence Holmes. And I, that's what I want yeah. our, our listeners to get. Like, he's not just the sole proprietor of House of L Incorporated. Like, he, that's our guy. And I want people to hear our guy in his natural habitat, just chilling, kicking it. Well, and a long time ago, I used to be a radio producer, not unlike Tony Gill. And I used to be the guy that was playing drops and produced pieces and all sorts of stuff. So it's in my purview and I don't get a chance to do it all the time. But if you've listened to the radio show over the last couple of years, we have descended into quite a bit of goofiness mm-hmm. on the show. Last, I heard it last week. <laughs> oh, my God. It was great. Last Monday show was amazing where we just we threw out the Shirley Caesar we had a good time talking about all of that. We had our, our revival again for the Bears before, mm-hmm. you know, went uh, this past weekend. We did all of that fun stuff, and people seemed to – I got away with, and I can't believe this. I hit up my man, Jay Illa, and I said to him, I said, I want to do something at the All-Star break for the White Sox. He's a DJ. He's the Bears DJ. If you go to games right. at Soldier Field, he's working on the field. Me and Illa have known each other for a really, really long time, and He's a huge White Sox fan. I said, can you do a White Sox mix for me? Like, just put together a mix. We'll send you a few sound bites. You can drop them in. He he did it, and he said, well, how long do you want this to be? Like, two, three minutes? I'm like, no. Do a whole segment. Like, oh, make it a okay. whole thing. And he minutes. gave me 13 minutes of gold. And wow. we played it on the score. We played a a mixtape on the score for 13 minutes and people loved it. The Twitch views for us, like a good round of, of people watching on Twitch is usually like 450, 500. There were 700 people in the Twitch listening to this mix, vibing out, enjoying White Sox baseball. It's, it's good. And I got to tell you, one of the people that helped me take risk on the show was Tony. Tony was like, see, the only problem is that Tony goes too far. He's the embodiment that, of risk. It's, it, he, it's, he is why, risk. it's why I felt like we were a good match because I could be like, oh, that's a really good creative idea. Let's see where it goes. Let's not go that far. <laughs> with that's every week here, but we do it in like real time. It's like, Tony, no, we can't say that. Yeah, Lawrence is live though. I mean, we we can we let Tony shoot first and then redact later. <laughs> and then edit later. <laughs> yeah. Redact later. I, I don't know how you did it live. I don't know how we did it either, to tell you the <laughs> truth. Maybe it's because like Mitch's office is like right next to the studio. And I mean, we do have a dump button. Like I have one mm-hmm. in the studio in case Tony's gonna Tony. Um, so I I at least have some semblance of control <laughs> where I can put an end to it. Now, yeah. the, the messed up part is that the people on the stream, it doesn't matter if you hit the dump button. <laughs> the folks who are listening on the Odyssey app or on the stream, they get every bit of it. And there have been, I haven't had to, in my time at the score, I haven't had to dump myself. Yeah, And I'm very proud of that because there are other hosts who have. And the shit is hilarious when <laughs> that is the case. When you see someone recognize that they just said a four, seven, or 12-letter word on the air, and then they have to, you know, dump well, that out. 
What's funny though, is that that's what that button is for. And that's, but that's not the problem with Tony. Tony doesn't use language like that. Correct. <laughs> that button gets used for an entirely different purpose. <laughs> Correct. It is literally to censor what are horrific thoughts from Tony Gill yes. from time to time. But I think that that's good. He was, he helped me push the genre a little bit further because of the way that he does things. But it's, you know, I heard the show last week. I listened, but you know, as I'm posting the show, I'm listening. I'm like, holy crap. Like the first five minutes of, of last week's show, I just say, wow, this is really going to give people a glimpse of Tony. Like, this is what it's like to be around him. This is what it's like to, to have to try and rein him in from his, his, uh, his, his, his realm of terror that he likes to bring upon anyone that is trying to do uh, a respectable program. Well, that's, and that's where it gets interesting because and Russ knows this, like, but this didn't occur to me until recently. And I didn't have uh, a true appreciation for the re working relationship that you would have had with Tony Lawrence is that what you just described makes him the most fun friend you could have <laughs> drop Tony in the middle of dinner in the middle of a uh, round of golf, probably anything. And it's going to liven things up when you're adding that to your show. It's a goat rodeo. Yes. I mean, I, Tony has been to my house multiple times. He has been to parties at my house and he now has the nickname of when I have people gather of party terrorists, because that's oh, what geez. he is. Oh my God. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. He's a party terrorist. Like he's going to say something. We're going to be like, what, what just happened? And why is everything stopped? And all I, I joked about it in the post that damn it. Tony is something that anyone who loves Tony Gill. And as the shirt says, everyone loves Tony Gill has said, I remember when we were talking with, we were out hanging out at one of Shakia Taylor's event. Mm -hmm. And she literally, you know, in the most righteous, indignant black woman way, just said, Tony, I'm sick of you. Like just oh, in public, like in front of everybody because of his nonsense. Tony, and, Tony and you look so proud of hearing that. Like that's a badge of honor. That's a that you're going to put that on your resume. Uh, that moment was probably the most Tony I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> I have a picture of it. Like I have a picture of the moment where Shake was like, Tony, I'm sick of you. And was like pointing at him. And you know, I I was worried for Tony because <laughs> I love I love Shakia. I love She's the Shakia. best. She's the yeah. Best. It's not mutual. <laughs> no, she loves she loves Tony too. Like she understands his his nonsense. The only problem is I know that like we were talking about it and I feel bad because now we spent 15 minutes talking about Tony, which is exactly what he wants. <laughs> he definitely paid you $100 before you came on here. He doesn't have $100. <laughs> like, he's got a girlfriend now. He's spending all his money. Don't get us started. <laughs> Don't get us started. He spent more money on spilt liquor. <sighs> We're, uh, we're lucky to have Tony here on the on the Zoom call today because Tony had himself a little COVID scare. Were you guys given the uh, the play by play of this over the weekend? Are you all right? Yeah, yeah, no symptoms or anything. Um, 
my girlfriend Tony, 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 Tony. Just why don't you start with that? You tested negative, please. Yeah, oh yeah, I took like, like lead lead with that, that and then tell the story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I texted. I, I got a test Saturday and I tested negative, so we're all good there. Um, but my girlfriend was exposed to uh, the the COVID um, at work, <laughs> and her place of employment didn't really tell her. They had to find out secretly from an email, uh, not sent to them. So yeah, that was that was pretty scary. So, but we're all good now. We both tested negative, so everything's all square. So that's wonderful. Tony went into that he was going to get tested, like I don't know, sometime next, sometime in, in a week, like in a few days, was going to get tested. And uh, you know, did I want to hang out at one point in the meantime? <clears throat> and I, I'm having to explain to him that, like, you can, I mean, you can get walk in and get a test anywhere right now. You can probably get tested at the drive-through of McDonald's right now. <clears throat> like, there's tests everywhere. Yeah, I'm just, so I have simple. to. I'm leaving. I'm hopefully leaving the country next Sunday, and I have to get a test a few days before I head to Canada. Mm-hmm. And man, their rules like they are very serious. They yeah. are very. I've never been to Montreal. I've been dying to go to Montreal. So yeah. when things were looking better, <laughs> I booked a right. trip, <laughs> thinking that we were going to continue on a, at least a little bit of an upswing. And then Psych. I'm like. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> and and so I was concerned that they were going to close the border and they still might between mm-hmm. now and the time my flight leaves. But they're like, you need to register. You need to be vaccinated. We need a negative COVID test. And I'm like, all of that makes sense to me. Oh, yeah. It ain't and, Florida, buddy. And this last one, I was like, they are for real, for real. They want a written plan. <laughs> they want they um, want an itinerary of what you're going to be doing in Canada. No, 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 no. Uh, th- that would be fine too. If you they just want positive, a plan of what you will do if you get stuck in Canada. I think you have to book a hotel, a quarantine hotel, through the Canadian government, don't you? Yep. Mm-hmm. You got to do what. it. They they are not playing around at all, and, and, and they're not paying for it that. either. You are. I can appreciate that. <laughs> they like don't bring that bullshit over here don't bring it don't bring that american COVID up here to canada we are not having that nonsense is there is there a uh what if marvel cinematic universe where the rest of the world is like i don't know what y'all are doing over the united states but we want none of it none of y'all can come over here stay there I mean, isn't that really what's going on right now? I mean, it's <laughs> we, I, that there was definitely a time not too long ago over the last 18 months when the world was like, nope, don't come here. And Australia and New Zealand have been straight up like, don't come here. Do not come. Do not come. I'm going to come. Ever. To everyone. New, yep. New Zealand's been saying that to everyone, but there was a point where, I mean, Canada for the last two years didn't let the Raptors and Blue Jays play in Canada because even under the circumstances of, hey, these are professional, you know, hundreds of billions, hundreds of millions, billion dollar sports teams with world class testing and frequent testing and every advantage you could possibly have. We, st- we still don't want 30 of them coming in and going and we don't want the the Canadian players, the Blue Jays and the Raptors players coming and going all the time into the U.S. 
And when you you see what happened with early on, like last year, when you see what happened like with Cleveland and their players and folks were just wilding out before there was a vaccine, like you you get it. And now all the people that are still out here just doing whatever. Like I I, I admit that I got a little bit vaccine high. Oh yeah. Oh me I was too. Like, okay, I'm gonna go yes. out and I'm gonna be with people and yeah. I had a good time doing it. And now I'm like, Ugh, might be time to do the show from home again. <laughs> Cause you can't trust people. It's amazing. Well, what's happening now is we're having the resurgence of everything, but we're collectively, and, and I'll be honest, man, me too, a little bit saying like, okay, fine, but I don't want to go back to all that stuff we've been doing for a year and a half. It's hard to go back. It's very hard to go back. It is. It, it really truly is. But it, man, I, I feel like we going back in the house if we don't get stuff back regulated. And it, it almost feel like, I almost feel like there was this trade-off where people were like, can we just have one month of fun and then we'll go back and do. <laughs> and we have spring break from the pandemic. Right. Hey, Russ, don't then... you, don't, Russ, don't you feel like it's not our fault? It's not, no, our, it's fault. not our fault. Like that, but, that's the most, that's but, the exasperating thing is there's a solution out there and we've all opted for it and everyone else is ruining it. Here's my thing though. Like I, I understand because I think we're they're gearing up to like put way more restrictions. I don't think we're going to get it to shut down range again because there's too much money moving out here. And I don't think the world in whatever form is going to allow that to happen. But yeah, you, we're going to get to a point here where it's just like, all right, bro, y'all, y'all wild, y'all coughing in strangers mouths and licking doorknobs and all this <laughs> other stuff. <laughs> we got to calm y'all down. But the, the funny, the funny assumption that Lawrence made was that all of us was just not going to be here. Russ is going to be still out here. Whoa. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> wow. Yeah. You see welcome, how, okay. so you see how my man does me? Well, welcome to, welcome to the show, Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> Lawrence, you know, how, uh, you know how Dwayne Wade had his Euro step and Dirk Nowitzki had his leg kick step back jumper? Uh, this is Tony's. <laughs> oh, that's his go-to? Yeah, yeah, it's just to at any given time point out Russ's um, vibrant love life. <laughs> Y'all get carried. I away. mean, honest to tell you the truth, Jason, you kind of took it to a different place. Like Tony, at least left some room to wonder. Interpretation, what, right? And you were like, "No, let's go straight to <laughs> Russ's robust love life." Like, like, bro, like Russ Russ's mom, like Russ's mom doesn't listen to the pod when <laughs> comes up. Right. Literally everyone who's ever listened to this podcast knows exactly what Tony meant. But here's my, here's my thing with Tony. Like he talks, he, it, it's convenient for him to point that out about me. Cause he got his, his girlfriend now, Ooh, but yeah. like, if he didn't, he'd be right in the streets with me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was, that laugh is translated to. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, can I, can I tell you something about uh, Tony's COVID saga and his girlfriend? is when I found out Tony was, had this scare on uh, Friday, I think it was, and I explained to him how you don't have to wait five days to get tested, buddy. And no, I don't want to hang out before you get tested. Uh, I said, let me know after you get tested because I care about you. I want to know. I want to know if you tested positive or negative. I want to know if you're all right. And uh, Tony blows up my phone with some all caps texts 24 hours later, not five days later, 24 hours later. I'm negative. I'm negative. And I, I texted back. Okay. And what about his girlfriend? 
and uh, nothing. Just in such jubilation over his own freedom to continue living life because he did not test positive. Like, forget her. Like, you know, no more women and children first. She's just, you're on your own. I'm good. That is a. I, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite typical. I was actually probably not going to watch Malice at the Palace until one of you guys suggested that I watch that on Netflix because I saw that pop up and as like coming soon on Netflix. And I thought, I already know everything about this. Not even close. Not even close. I'm so glad I watched it. It was, it's an hour. If any of you listening have not seen this, it is absolutely worth your time. Um, I, I don't even know where to start with how much a, I enjoyed it and how much it explained so many different things to me. It, I think it, it's one of those 17 years later, there's a lot of things where you're just like, look, this dynamic was at play and this dynamic was at play. And you hear that over the years and you've heard it over the years. And then to sit down and hear the players talk about that and see everything play out and then having the video clips from back then and everything that was on the four letter network uh, that doesn't pay us for advertising. So I won't say their name and <laughs> all like all these different news stations. are like, yo, these thugs and all of that. And the dress code policy that came about right after that incident. And, you know, the racial dynamics at play had to have all that in one space with everybody involved. I thought it was really cool. But I thought it really told the full picture of everything that happened and how you can shape a narrative. Uh, and I know that narrative is a word that gets used almost too much in this yes. day and age. But I think in this documentary, you really got to see how a narrative gets shaped Absolutely. when you don't show you know, fans throwing things at athletes. That something that we see all the time this year and in the past couple of years. Um, yeah, we should tell people this didn't used to be every single day on the right. news that mm-hmm. someone was throwing popcorn at Russell Westbrook or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like th- that was a, a big deal. And when you don't show that and you just show Ron Artest and Steven Jackson going into the stands at Palace in Auburn Hills, that's how you get, Oh my God, these players who make all this money, did yeah. something so heinous. And it wasn't shaped as look, some of these guys are just defending themselves in an ugly situation. What's crazy is, is that you still see what I think is one of the more dangerous elements of it, Russ, is the fan entitlement. That dude that they talked to in the documentary, he still feels like he that was Charlie entitled. H, dude? Get yeah. him out of here, man. <laughs> like, he, like, he's still like, oh, you know. And I'm just like, man, it, it really shows you what people tend to think. And then the other guy, the, the, the green dude, John Green, where John the guy Green. that threw John the uh, he threw the Pepsi at Ron Artest while he was laying on the scores table. Mm-hmm. Where it was, I'm so happy that that prosecutor was like, it wasn't a joke to us, and it was clearly like a joke to him, and they weren't playing like they like they weren't yeah. playing. I'm I'm really well, I will say though, it made me laugh when I saw Tim Donaghy pop up. I was like, oh, right. oh my gosh, right? <laughs> I'm like, of all people to be refing that game, it would be you. <laughs> Russ, did you hear what he said, though? The, his very first comments on it was he was helping Tim Donaghy was trying to explain what a big game this is. And he says, you know, the NBA he is so self-important and so unself-aware. Uh, the NBA is real careful who they pick to ref these games, these big, important national games, because they don't want to get embarrassed. 
Yeah, that's just the guy who was betting. Pay no attention to the fact that it's me, Tim Donaghy, saying this. You think he slipped yeah. out like as the fight was going on? It was like, all right, the black is a little bit too hot for me per se. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna I don't out. No, Tony, I think he, I think he bet the go. under that night. Yeah, he probably did bet the under. <laughs> trying to keep the score down. I think that if there's a hero in this documentary, for me, it'd either be Ron Artest, and I want to get more. I want to get to that more later, or the prosecutor. Uh, I think it's Dave Gorsica that yeah. Yeah. shines such a light on the fact that I, I, he, I feel like, cut right through everything and told you what's justice in this, what's right, what's wrong. What these fans did, here, here's clear examples of what's wrong by legal definition. And here's why Jermaine O'Neal, for, for example, uh, didn't do anything wrong. And here's why Ron Artest, when he punched that guy on the court, was fully within his rights to do so. I think we, we've talked about it on the pod before about these athlete fan interactions in 2021, 2020. And it's like your $100 does not give you the right to act a damn fool. Your $100 to sit in whatever seats you're sitting in gives you the right to watch the game. Yeah. And that's it. Like you don't have a right to say whatever you want to anybody. You don't have the right to to do whatever you want, to throw things. None of that is included in your $100 that you paid for your ticket. So this, the expectation that those people had where it's like, like that Charlie A's dude was like, they they disrespected a loyal fan. It's like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> cares about all that. He also said Jermaine O'Neal sucker punched him and called it a bleep move, which uh, I find interesting from his perspective, considering what he did coming onto the court. Jermaine O'Neal should have, I wish he hadn't slipped and jawed that dude. <laughs> Me too. There were, Reggie Miller said that his, his slip on that sweat or drink or whatever it was on the court mm -hmm. saved a life that day. <laughs> He's probably because he, Jermaine O'Neal would have ended that man. Yeah. And he, and he deserved it. And like, that's what I think. Like, even with it, that's what to me is, is so interesting that if you look at all of the people that are involved in telling the story, there is introspection and reflection on it. And in some yes. cases, you see the actual growth. The, the fan dude, there's no introspection. There's no, Charlie. you know what? Maybe I was yes. wrong. You know, yeah. that, like that was ridiculous. Like, what was I thinking? If I had it to do over again, I wouldn't do it. There was none of that. There just continued to be this brazen, yes. um, I, my way is the right way, which is one of the biggest problems that we have in the Republic right now, where there isn't this opportunity to really look at our own actions and say, what, what did our actions begat? And, and you can see what the actions did. And it just, it's so frustrating because we run into it. We see it up close because this is what we do for a living. The level of entitlement that goes on, like Russ is saying, with the the one hundred dollar ticket, the twenty five dollar ticket, the nine dollar ticket. Yeah, we see it. We we see it. Or earlier this year, with people in Atlanta in the playoffs. Oh well, you know we paid three thousand dollars for this ticket. That doesn't mean you get to spit on people yeah. or throw your drinks on people. And and if you want those things, you can get them. Like. If you legitimately want to spend three thousand dollars to spend on somebody, there are services for you. <laughs> you, you can find a place <laughs> to do to it do legally. All of those things, if you want to do yeah. with their consent. That's but right. no, there is a level of disrespect that is is 
given to our athletes and particularly athletes of color that it just, it feels icky. And like well, Russ pointed out where you he see over and over again, the way that our colleagues talked about this, where yeah. thug, thug life, thug mentality, we got to drive this thug thing. And then there's a, a basic dictatorship by Commissioner Stern, where he just, he took a, a, a big, the NBA and basketball in particular took a big blow with the dress code and what the dress code was saying. Mm-hmm. What it symbolized. Yes. And, and Lawrence, and right before you go deeper into that point, I think this is why this documentary for me didn't hit as hard as I thought it was going to is because the only way they were going to get that footage is working with the NBA. And I'm assuming the only way to work with the NBA, you can't speak on the NBA and in an objective point of view that David Stern railroaded without actually going, if they had, they had all this evidence, they saw what, but it didn't matter because guess who pays for the tickets? You can't have the black athlete punch the white fan, not in that league, not in his league. Um, and I think that was ex- just looked over and if it, it felt weird, it was like they would get right up into the right up into the cliff, but wouldn't actually discuss that angle of this entire thing, which I think isn't the, the fan athlete interaction. There's there's an underlining theme underneath it that they didn't hit. And it's the the white fan on the black athlete that I think that they didn't discuss that I thought needed to be discussed. And that's, they left a lot on the table for me on that. So it was for me outside of the kind of the, the Ron Artest um, mental health angle. That was the, really the only in-depth part that I enjoyed about it. Like that was the only thing for me. That's interesting that you say that Tony, because I think that you're right. I, and I think that because of what we do, maybe we're more attuned to it. I thought that their storytelling device was effective in leaving you all the breadcrumbs. Exactly. Like they they yes. gave you all the breadcrumbs and they were all like, the pieces to the puzzle right there. Why? Why? And you're sitting there going like just like, even the language aspect of it. They hit you over the head with it. They hit you mm. over the head with the word thug throughout this entire thing. And then you have like Jermaine O'Neal sitting there explaining to you, like, this is not who I am. This is He's not the anti thug. Jermaine O'Neal? Like, th- I mean, th- Jermaine is- O'Neal is like as clean cut and straight laced. He- Talk about a guy that did everything right all the time. Right. And, and even with the league, like, they walked you up to, well, I mean, even with the, 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 the sound bite of Stern saying, you know, it was one of one. Yep. Yeah, unanimous vote, one zero. Unanimous one zero, yes. To show like, hey, I made this decision. This wasn't nobody but mine. And I still, so I think to Lawrence's point, it did a good job of saying, hey, one person made this decision, what right or wrong, and him not being alive to speak on that. Right. I think that leaves a lot of this open and it is unfortunate because I think that would have been a good addition to it. But I do think without that, they did a good job of explaining it in a way where having the news clips from different but they didn't. But, but that's my thing. They didn't explain it. They but let I us up. They, they, they showed us. They showed us the food and told us we couldn't eat it. 
that's what it felt like to me. It's like if it was, you're gonna if you're gonna reference it, like you gotta dive into it. It's right there to be discussed, and they just didn't do it. I'm personally, I'm just like I think I understand what you're saying, but I think letting you you you're hoping that the people that watch your doc are smart enough to understand where you're going. And I think they did a good job with that. And so like the four of us all know where they're going with that. Um, and I think most of the people who watch that doc will also understand that, but I get you. I think when you bring up the point of David Stern, I wonder, you know, if there's coincidence to when this came out, this may not have been a documentary that they would have been able to get cooperation from the NBA on to make two years ago. Yeah, that's Sick life in my house. Shit. I'm sure. I'm sure it's one of the neighborhood kids dropping by, <laughs> and that's a uh, that's regular. That's a few times a day. Um, Ron Artest, in particular, I thought was amazing in the movie, in the documentary, and I thought that his intelligence, how articulate he is, how self aware he is, that he can take all these complex thoughts and explain them to you, and it truly makes you understand him better and think differently about things that happened. For example, him laying down on the scorer's table that at the time to me, I was actually watching this game when it happened. I was watching Pacers uh, Pistons in a dorm when it was happening. And all of a sudden you see this fight going on. It's so startling to see, but you see him lay down on the scorer's table and you're like, what is he doing? He's provoking. And then you hear him explain it 17 years later. And he's like, no, I was in therapy, man. I'm trying, I have trouble with my emotions. I don't have control over these things. I was using a technique that the therapist that my psychologist taught me about kind of just stepping back, taking a break, counting to five, being like, Hey, I got Steven Jackson here. I got Jermaine O'Neal here. I don't need to be involved in this doing like everything that you would eat textbook of what you'd want someone to do in that situation. And, and I think well, there's a documentary about Ron that came out 2019, I believe great and it he dies even further into who he is and some of the things he's he's gone through and i think the the cool part about talking ron has had this image about him his entire career you know it's like yo that dude is wild he's weird he's all this these labels and there's something that reggie miller says almost in the beginning of the doc he was just like ron is different and different doesn't necessarily mean weird, yes. right? And you have to adjust to that. And the league, fans, wh whoever, nobody adjusted to who Ron was really other than yeah. the president of the Pistons at the time who was just like, yo, if we bring him in, Please. having Reggie there, having J.O. there, and then him having the therapist, I, all those things, yeah. you know, kind of help to keep him calm to a certain degree. Um, and then that situation seemed like everything was working. Everything that they had put together, put in place, he was going through like, all right, I got to step, step back. I have to take five and really give me myself more time to think about what I'm going to do here. And had that cup not been thrown, as they talked about, like that situation dissolves. Right. right? Guys get heated and, and push each other and shove each other all the time. Like it's not a big piece of history like it was that cup doesn't hit him directly in the chest. Like what a throw, by the way, um, not to compliment that guy too much, but a direct hit. Um, that's what I mean when I say that Ron Artest was so articulate in the movie is that I don't know that he would have been able to explain all these things at the time about what was going on inside him, but he is so um, 
comfortable with that or, or, or at ease or has learned so much about himself that he's able to take what is obviously a very complicated thing internally for him and articulate it in a way that then you understand exactly what he's going through in those moments. And it totally changed uh, how I thought about him. I got to tell you that one of the things that made my blood boil, and I remember feeling this way when it happened live, when he wins the title with LA, he's being interviewed with the, you know, with the Lakers, he's talking about all of this stuff. And I forgot who was, who the analyst was. Steve Smith. It made me really mad that Steve Smith, in the moment was like, let's get off of that. Yep. Yeah, he yeah. was and pouring his heart out. Yeah. <laughs> probably and he was like, defense, he oh, so what does it feel him. like to yeah, it was all yeah. I probably I thought he was like helping. Such a, yeah, I, I know that he he did, but I I'm don't sure think he that, he, that Ron didn't really need the help. Like that he like that moment of emotional maturity and reflection is impressive. Yeah. Like you want to talk about growth. Here it is. Here it is on display where he should be as happy as he's ever been playing Mm -hmm. basketball. And even in that moment, he's like, I feel like I screwed screwed things up for other people. Reggie Miller should have a ring. Jermaine O'Neal should have a ring. And I messed it up, me. And I'm the one who gets to celebrate this. And, And Steve Smith, like running away from that and, and doing like the perfunctory, you know, sportsy thing of, right. well, let's get into talking about what happened. It was in too this complicated game. for him. I, yeah. I just thought it was whack. Like just, and I remember like watching it live at the moment and going, here's someone who's giving you a true yes. glimpse inside their soul. Mm-hmm. And you can't wait to talk about some bullshit X and O's. Right. You know, I mean, by the way, he did not mention Reggie Miller in that. No, you're right. He did he, not. He listed everybody. Like he was- he I listed like he Steven Jackson, Jermaine O'Neal, the coach, yeah. the GM, the water boys. Yeah, he was, he was right at the edge and then got asked a different question. Never mentioned Reggie yeah. Miller. I think that is. That was the, hilarious, by the way, their dynamic in the movie. That is the coolest. I think that is the coolest part of the entire doc is that clip of him going through and recalling like, look, I checked out on those dudes and asked out and that's yeah. not fair. And yeah. all these dudes should have a title and I'm here celebrating. I think that's that almost like wraps the whole thing in a bow, yeah. you know, yeah. to be honest. And I think the, the fact that a lot of these guys still live with that, even though it's 17 years ago, like Jermaine O'Neal still talks about how no, it's, it was really hard for him to get over that until they blew the building up. Right. No, it's, uh, I think, you know, it's funny. Like when people think of Ron Artest, they think of Dennis Rodman and, they kind of joined those two. Obviously, you know, they both ended up playing for the Bulls, which is weird. But I felt like Ron knew before anybody else knew those breaks going to the Source Awards, um, going, going like I find knowing within himself that something is wrong. Yes. telling people something is wrong, showing people something is wrong, and nobody believing him. Yeah, you know, or or at least in only in part believing him, like. For Jermaine and and Steven Jackson and the rest of the Pacers to say he had a psychiatrist with him at all times, you wouldn't like think about that, like as as a teammate, like no something's wrong with Ron, like or as as the team ask questions right about what is really going on with Ron Artest that he has to have this person with him 
What is he noticing about himself that he is open to whatever help that I can get? I want to be better for this team. And then everybody else around him is just focus on the basketball, focus on the basketball. When there's an obvious sign and cry that I need some assistance here. Yeah, Yeah, but I think, Tony, that's a really difficult thing inside of that world. And it's becoming more prevalent now where people understand it better. But I still don't think that even 17 years later, if you had a player like this that struggled with some aspect of mental health, the answer is always, in the sport that Jason and I cover, football, it's always turn to the book, turn to your playbook, turn to your brothers inside your locker room, Mm -hmm. turn to your coach, work harder, focus on the task at hand. Right. It's always that instead of trying to figure out how to better connect. And that's where I, I appreciated. And clearly like Jermaine O'Neal is still mad about some of this stuff. But you can see like him understanding it better now. And Reggie Miller, I thought, did a great job of illustrating how it was. Well, you have to figure out a way to connect with all of these people and you have to try and put everyone in the best possible position. And how do you be about the winning? How do you be about ball and try to take care of your brothers that are there with you inside the locker room? I don't think that there are a lot of spaces in sports right now in, in 2021 where people get that. And we had an example of it a few weeks ago where Simone Biles is explaining to people the physical jeopardy she is putting herself in right. when she is dealing with not knowing where she is in the air. And there are still people that are like, ah, you, you gave up on your team and you didn't do this and you didn't do that. Like it's, it's a frustrating thing. I'm glad that at the time, Ron was self-aware enough to know that he needed stability and support in a way that he wasn't getting it from the structure of team sports, professional team sports, that it wasn't there and he had to go outside of it. Sidebar on this, because I know we've been like super serious about this subject. I think as I was watching this, this documentary, which I think is really good, there's another doc in there. There's a pod in there Mm -hmm. on that bulls team after Jordan and Pippen, because that's where these guys came from, where you have Mercer and Jalen Rose and Artest and Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler. I know there've been a lot of stuff like in, in print about it. I am fascinated even having lived through it, I'd love for there to be people speaking on the record. I'd love to hear from Tyson Chandler on this subject, on what it was like, that vacuum of four years where everything changed for the Bulls as a franchise. And it was just the worst basketball that you've ever seen. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's just terrible. And and everyone wanted out of there. There's a, there's a, a story. There, there's a you, Tony. You might have to edit this. Like after I say it, I might not allow you to run it. But there, there's a a story about Ron Artest the Bull, where halftime. You know it, Russ. Let's go. 
that things were going bad for the Bulls. They weren't playing well. Ron got upset. At halftime, he was saying that they needed to be more manly, and he took his clothes off in oh. the middle of the locker room and said, this is what a man looks like. And so, like, to me, there are all sorts of stories that could be told and shared from that era of, of Bulls basketball, and you wouldn't think, that following a, a historically losing team would be interesting. But I think there is something to hearing the stories of Cornell David and, you know, like all this dumb stuff that they were doing, trying to figure out how to, to, to try and sustain some level of winning and give Jerry Krause the, the team that he always wanted to create. We're going to look back on – Mental health is still a very new subject in sports. We're going to look back in 20 years and Ron Artest is going to be one of the first people like that's, that's where this thing really got ignited. Yeah. Because people didn't, his own team, the team that hired the psychiatrist for him did not know how to handle Ron Artest and his mental health. If you're listening to this, like if you don't even like basketball, Watch this documentary for that. Watch yeah. this documentary for what Ron Artest goes through at the time, which they depict very clearly, and then how he helps you understand that later. I thought, honestly, I thought that was beautiful. Like, I felt happy for Ron Artest that he's in a place where he can relate, relay that to you now. I agree. The last thing I'll say on this the funniest part of the doc, and I'd heard the story before is Ron Artest coming into the locker room and telling Jermaine O'Neal, you think we're going to get in trouble? Yeah. So, <laughs> so in, someone's going to be mad about this? In in that moment, I was Jermaine O'Neal. <laughs> I will throw you across this room right now. What? Yes. In, in that moment, because I know that my reaction would have been to lunge at him. Yeah. That sounds like a question I would ask. No, it's not. Do you know what Tony would have said? Tony would have leaned over. You'd be sitting next to him, Russ. Uh, Tony, this is like a microcosm of what happens here on our podcast every week, Lawrence. Tony would lean over to Russ and go like, I think we're fine. And I would choke Tony. Exactly. That's why, I mean, you know, you just know. there. I felt Jermaine O'Neal like in my soul. Russ, I, I think. Like, I think they could make a documentary about these Pacers teams. Like I knew that these teams were good, but I didn't realize they were this interesting. Like the 03 to 05 Pacers, these, these two seasons basically that they chronicle in this movie, you have Reggie Miller hanging on for dear life, trying to win a championship in this place where he's been for 18 years. You have Jermaine O'Neal coming into his own as a player, as this guy who has fought through everything to get where he is, even including once he got to the pros, had to fight through, all, uh, everything working against them in Portland. You add Steven Jackson to the mix, which he is the comic relief of the entire documentary. He's hilarious. Yeah. Larry Bird. He's, he's great. Steven Jackson goes to the Pacers. They're interviewing him like on his, it looks like it's on his way walking into the building, Russ. And they're talking about, hey, a lot of pressure, man. Everybody's, you know, the Pacers are a favorite to win it all. And Steven Jackson goes, at the time, I make love to pressure. <laughs> <laughs> and then you throw in all these, you throw in uh, Jamal Tinsley, who, he, he didn't get a enough. A little bit of a sideswipe in this. He movie didn't get enough blame. Yeah, yeah. You find out that Jamal Tinsley. Now you can get your foul. He leans into Ron Artest <laughs> and essentially says, "Hey, there's 40 seconds left. Like, go ahead, 
do some crazy bleep. Go nuts. Yeah, go ahead and, 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 and go get Ben Wallace. Whose brother had passed away. Yeah, nobody knew that. That came out in the movie. Uh, but this team had won 61 games the year before and then gone to the Eastern Conference Finals and then added and then comes into the next year as a favorite and completely falls apart after this. They're that, seven and two after they beat the defending champions. They go 500 the rest of the way. And the Pacers aren't good, Russ, for like another decade. There, there's a documentary just about these dynamics with these guys. That moment, yeah. that event ended Reggie Miller's career. Like it ended the Pacers for 10 years. You, you heard Reggie, Reggie say like, yeah, I, I got to them the season. And I'm like, I'm too old. For I'm this out. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> he straight up pulled the Danny Glover and was like, I'm completely done with this nonsense right here. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All four of us are interested in content creation. And that's what OnlyFans is for. That's That's a broad term. That's where they've look. It's content is content, man. Oh, it's content creation. Actually, like one of the one of the downsides of this is and I know it's not something that necessarily affects us, but this was a way that people who work in the sex industry mm-hmm. were able to get paid. Mm-hmm. Because if, if you look at the way that adult films are made, the pay structure is not conducive to what they are putting themselves in the middle of and the what it ends up like not everyone can be Maitland Ward who was you know mainstream actress who's now transitioned into like it's so weird I flipped on the TV the other night and I was like oh yeah that's right Maitland Ward was in White Girls and now like she's maybe the biggest adult star in the world right now which is also strange because she's in her mid 40s and the shelf life is usually not great so only fans was an opportunity for people to monetize themselves on their own for what they do in the sex industry and with some of these new guidelines that are coming down like it it's a hell of a blow to that industry and people in that industry that were getting supplemental income out of it and and it's it's interesting that that's that they chose to do it that way um and and 
you know, there, there's there's something that's a bit discriminatory to it. I completely get people being frustrated by it. For everybody who who is unaware, so OnlyFans content content creation uh, website application, uh, a place where, as Lawrence alluded to, like sex work was, uh, it gave people a safe space, right, uh, to create content in the sex work industry and for people to be able to monetize off of that. Now, OnlyFans was a content creation platform before sexualized content moved over there, but that's really where OnlyFans kind of exploded over the last two to three years. And they've made a lot of money off of that uh, and and sex work and getting their percentage off of that. Um, And this week they they announced that they are banning sexually explicit content starting on October 1st. So um, sex work, content of that nature will not be allowed on that form anymore. And it's, there's been a lot of blowback um, because according, according to the, what they listed this week, their financial partners are not aligned with the content that's being created on their platform Uh, and money talks. And as we know, in all areas of life, like if it's not lined up with the financials, something has to change. So OnlyFans decided, look, we know this is where our bread is buttered, but if JP Morgan Chase and Wells Fargo and, and Venmo and Cash App and all these other places where, you know, where we get our income from, our revenue from are saying, yo, cool with y'all being uh, sex positive and, you know, sex pro sex work, but yeah, y'all can't have people busting it open on, on your platform if you still want us to be involved in it. And OnlyFans made a decision and said, yo, we're, we're out of the sex work business. Russ, what you explained to me when this came up uh, the first time is that there really isn't any other use for this, I don't think. That like maybe a celebrity couple will have an OnlyFans that they use to like give you a look inside their lives, like, you know, how they uh, cook a bunt cake or whatever. I mean, there's a couple that the three of us know that have a, a – that. OnlyFans account for that reason, but the main um, reason that that site that that is a site or an app or both the main, yeah. main the main reason that exists is not for that. No, it it was it definitely got popularized by sex work, and so now they kind of to me they screwed themselves because the market for that and you you talk about revenue that had been generated from that, mm-hmm. and you're you're allowing a, a a space for people who don't haven't necessarily had a space to operate now have one and it's brought promotion to not only your application and your platform, but it's, it's given people a, a different outlook on sex work. And so now if I'm an investor, I look at Patreon and say, yo, that's where we need to start investing because all these people who will now have to change platforms will probably look at Patreon and be like, all right, this is our next move. Yeah. Lawrence won't something just replace it. Won't there just be like um, fans exclusively or something like that? Yeah, something I mean, a, a, a smart developer would probably jump in there. And I agree with Russ that like it, there should be some places that are going, aha, here's an opportunity for us. I mean, I want Tony to show more shoulder on this thing. <laughs> like he needs to be showing more shoulder. Come on, Tony. Uh, Lawrence, we just Come had on, a bro. big please. You're, you're like so not helping, man. You're just like <laughs> leaving these little messes. And then you walk away at the end of this. Me and Russ <laughs> have to keep doing this show for like years and years and years with him. And like, we just had a huge conversation about this last week about proper attire for Zoom calls. So please, can you not uh, make things more difficult for us? All right, my bad. I mean to do that and make it hard. But yeah, there, there. I do think there, you. 
There are other places. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tony, uh, you're, uh, you're an I'm idiot, fine. Tony. Stop. You're an idiot. <laughs> that was bad. I'm, I'm <laughs> but but I, I think that whether it's Patreon or there'll be some sort of offshoot of YouTube that allows for, or maybe what we end up seeing is a market correction with OnlyFans. And that they'll go, ooh, whomever the, the advertisers are, like we thought that it was going to be enough to cover the absence of the money that we're making <laughs> off of sex work. And then three months from now, they do an about face and go, you know what? Let's get back to our roots and allow people to create without us really having too much of a say in what it is they're creating. You guys I like this boardroom meeting scene that you're painting where they go, Ooh, wait a minute. We, we, we liked making money. Do you guys, do you guys think uh, the government may have gotten involved in their decision? Like, come on guys. Like Why? it's not legal everywhere in America. I mean, I, I, yeah. Thanks Biden. Is. <laughs> Microchips. That's For me personally, <laughs> I just think there's, even in the government aspect, there's too money, too much money moving, right? Mm -hmm. They're gonna get theirs. So I think they'd be like, look, look what happened with weed. As soon as they figured out how they were able to tax weed and make money off it, oh, we oh, yep, go ahead, legalize, have um, you know, dispensaries all over any every corner and every major like as long as you can monetize it, people don't care. That has replaced hair plugs as the dominant billboard in Chicago now. Dispensaries. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, Jason, I, I, a couple months ago, when we first talked about OnlyFans, when I was telling you what it was, yes. I yes. said we should use some of our show funds to have, yes. to get an, an, an OnlyFans account for market research, but you kind of, uh, Kind of yeah, sense. you know, that was a, another uh, that was a unanimous vote on the expenses one to nothing on that. We're not expensing an OnlyFans subscription, Russ. The problem is there are two of us in charge of uh, Sports Adjacent LLC, so we might have to. Well, we can't revisit now because I don't think there's enough market research we can do before October 1st. But <laughs> you know, what's weird? like the, the I didn't mind OnlyFans. I mean, people were creating content. Right. But. The thing that got me was like, I think OnlyFans may need, well, I don't even know if they can do anything legally, but it just felt really creepy was when Bad Baby turned 18 and instantly got a million dollars by having an OnlyFans. Like, that was the creepiest news I had ever seen, like in a long time. Well, that Tony, here's the thing. <laughs> Everything goes in cycles. And mm -hmm. this happened when you were younger with the Olsen twins hmm. where there were all sorts of sites that were having countdown clocks to when the Olsen twins were going to turn 18. So this is, this has been a lecherous kind of creepy way that young girls have been sexualized for a really long time in media, capital M. Um, same thing with Britney Spears. Like it's, but the, the Olsen twins is the, the, the best like mm -hmm. apples to apples example of this, where there are plenty of, of what you would consider now like reputable sites that were at the time hosting these, you know, these countdown clocks for when the Olsen twins turn 18. That's weird. It's weird That's, and it's creepy. But I mean, it, it, it's weird and, and must be very profitable. You know, for from the OnlyFans side of things, if 
if you want to just say, hey, forget it, we're all about the money here, just leave OnlyFans alone. Like, what, what are they trying to do? I think the money's going to win out eventually. The money almost always wins out in the end. And that's what will be interesting to see how this is going to change. Like, I think I'm laughing so hard about, you know, how this played out publicly with the Rach Dolezal stuff, man. Like, that, <laughs> that shit had me dying where I'm like, why is Rachel Dolezal trending? And I'm like, I'm afraid. To click on the chin. I'm, I'm <laughs> you have those days, man. Like, I don't want to even click. Like, cause I just don't need to be bombarded <laughs> with some of this stuff that I'm gonna have to go through reading about the Rachel Dolezal and what it is that she's out here doing. And then I was like, no way. Rachel Dolezal is out here saying she wants to show her feet. Look. Well, she threw that in though. She threw that in. She was gonna do something else, and then by the way. She, yeah, so, and it was. I'm a, you can get to see me do some squats, yo. Some other tasteful picks. That I'm gonna yo, put she said, Yo, Rachel was really trying to say, Yo, busting it open on own, yeah. screen, and mm-hmm. y'all can get it. So, Rachel Dole's offered most people should know who that is, but oh, I think people know, yeah, white lady who came uh, like tried to say she was black and got ousted, um, by her parents, right. There's a documentary on her on Netflix, too. If you're Completely appropriated black culture <laughs> and identity. And I mean, even when confronted with the truth of, hey, we're your parents. We should know where you came from. And we, we white as hell. But keep out, go out here lying and and taking spaces from black women. They hired her at Howard. Yes. <laughs> So this is a list that she put on her IG the other day when she was and she announced that she had gotten approved for OnlyFans. So Monday motivation. So you have to get approved. Yeah, you can't just roll up on OnlyFans. Like it's a process. Same thing with like YouTube, where you have right. to go through. Or like when we started our podcast and we had to get approved. Um, okay. What was her so announcement? For her Monday motivation, which would be gym, fitness, squats, and other stuff. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> What's so funny about that? Other stuff means busting it open allegedly well, yeah. it, but it could be it, 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 it leaves the door open for interpretation um wednesday workout day hair care chair conversations with clients hair which, tutorials which, which is a really bad thing considering the the appropriation of black culture that she is famous for absolutely friday unwind i bring art you bring wine and drinks and watch me create and discuss the art. I, she's yeah. probably talking about painting, though, because I think she paints. Sure. Sure, she does. It was in the documentary. I mean, art is, uh, you know, is open for interpretation, too. No, but I think if you're expecting an open into interpretation version of art, you're going to be disappointed because it's going to be literally paintings, I believe. Art is he does paintings. Baby. That's nah, it's going to be cracking over there on Friday on one. Um, other random things like foot pics posted me using stuff people buy from my Amazon wish list. Listen, we don't know what's on that wish list. Um, makeup tutorials because I uh, causes I care about or maybe random tasteful other pics with the kiss emoji. So Rachel said, you know what? It's money moving on OnlyFans and y'all gonna get th- these feet. <laughs> so unfortunately for her, I don't I think that stuff will still be allowed on OnlyFans after October 1st. Well, like, good. 
for everybody who's in the Rachel Dolezal market. Yeah, um, baseball picks. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Things. How about this, Russ? I'll, I'll sign. I'll, I'll sign your expense report for an OnlyFans subscription, but you got to check out that too. That has to be the only thing that I. <laughs> All right, Rachel I got to bite the bullet and subscribe to Rachel Dolezal. <laughs> but you can pick one thing. You no, no, no. You can pick one thing that you want, but then you also got to pick that. Next week on Sports Adjacent. All right. Let's see. It's August. It's gonna be August. Uh, 26 when this comes out that gives me a month of market research before they change their policy so we'll have to revisit this maybe russ you said you uh you took an l recently <laughs> what was that's that in, well that's in the news are we gonna talk about it no we don't have i didn't have any. we can Tony came on here talking about uh, L he took in his dating life, so I can talk about mine. That's can talk about mine. Uh, it happened when I was 15. Is that the last time you, like, dated somebody that wasn't Ashley? No. Mm. 20, 20, 20. You're, you're the last time you dated somebody that wasn't Ashley was in 2020? No, no, no. You're wild. No, no, no. You got him. You got to That's what it sounded like. You just said on the podcast. <laughs> this yeah. is in the podcast. That's right. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, like to have some contingency plans going in case things don't work out here. Uh, no, age 20. Ashley, we love you, by the way. Um, yeah, Tony. Not listening to our segment breaks. This is a segment break. This is going in there because I'm about to tell Tony the story of the L I took. So um, I got I was texting. I was seeing this young lady and I texted her the other day mm-hmm. and I was just like, yo, um, because my days off a few like very sporadic when I have one, like I try to make the most of it. I'm like, yo, I'm off this weekend um, and got some time if you want to like hang. And she goes, let's have Tony give the annotations on this. <laughs> and so hang in goes, a biblical sense, as Tony likes to say. No, I was, it's really just li- hanging out and having a fun evening with a nice young lady that I enjoy spending time with, right? And so she texts me back and was like, yo, glad you get some time off. Listen, comma. So anytime you get listen, comma, it's never a good thing. No, whatever follows is going to be rough, probably. So she goes... I've had so much fun with you, had a great time. There's a butt coming. But I don't feel a connection with you. Wow. Um, and part of that is because you not being here, we don't get to spend time together. Mm. But I think you're awesome. I'm sorry. Right. And so you look at the tech, you, you get that. Like, honestly, that's an adult response, right? And I would, I want that from somebody like it's honest, it's super adult. And like, that's, I'm, I'm about that. And so after your ego get bruised for 30 seconds, I was like, yo, I appreciate you telling me. Um, and I, I totally respect that. And look, if, if we're not meant to like connect, it's, it's all good. Like, it's fine. I think you're awesome. Wish you nothing but the best. Right. Um, so yeah, that was the semi L that I took. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal, but yeah, there you go, Tony. Couldn't let you be the only one tell a story about 
you not getting a third date. Well, you didn't get the second date, but uh, not getting <laughs> me not getting a, a third date with this young lady. What a time. Now it's time for DC Comics segment we call. This is fine. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are going to be okay. So are none of y'all prepared? I'm prepared. (laughs) (laughs) Go go ahead, Lawrence. You got it. All right. um, Let's talk about DC movies for a second. Because, um, yo, I watched The Suicide Squad and... uh, the first one or the second one? The second one. Okay. Um, there are some good moments in it, and there are some really good performances in it. It was a hot mess. It's an absolute hot mess. And and I don't want to go too deep into the, the actual, like, review of the movie, but okay. I'll just say to DC, I don't understand how they think that they're going. They can't make up their mind between we want the movies to be incredibly serious. Martha, wait a minute. Your mom's name is Martha, too. (laughs) Did we just become best friends? We totally did. They can't make up their mind between doing that and doing the oh shit. They got Deadpool, so we have to do this Suicide Squad movie and make it like Deadpool. And you have Margot Robbie. You have Margot Robbie. And you're like, no, we don't need her as much in this movie. What are you doing? That's Margot Robbie. Right. You got Margot Robbie and Idris Elba, and you were like, you know what we should do? We should give some camera time to Pete Davidson. That's what we should do. And and give the people more John Cena, because that's what they really want. Um, Meanwhile, Marvel's just out here, like, living. They're like, we're going to do everything. We got all the TV shows that we put together. We're getting ready for our our next generation of movies. Like, that's where, like, I'm sure the people at DC are like, everything's fine. No, everything's totally fine over here. As... Marvel has built an empire that is now in phase four of their strategic plan that started in 2009. DC can't even get their main characters vehicles that people care about. They can't win with Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman. They can't win with that. And I know there's going to be the people that listen to the Sports Adjacent podcast, and they're going to be like, Lawrence is a damn hater. Do you understand that my favorite favorite comic book character ever, ever is Green Lantern? I thought it was Captain America. Cap was my dude, but I'm a Green Lantern, Green Lantern guy. And they have this incredible thing that they could do, but they messed it up so bad. With the Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern, they can they can almost never go back to it. It's like the Fantastic Four is for Marvel. They kind of kept trying and it didn't work. And then they pulled the plug, although I do think it's going to be back inside of phase four. But it just I was wanted to love the Suicide Squad. I wanted to love it. And then I turned it on. And I was like, man, I'm looking at my watch going, is this over yet? Are we? done with this 
and they keep throwing this mess out here and thinking that everything is cool and it ain't cool at all really grinds your gears doesn't it it does it does grind my gears i got another one if you want well i want to i want to come back to that in a minute but i tony had no response to russ bearing his soul out here like <laughs> all right relax I mean, <laughs> bearing my soul. okay but tony let me let me just teach you something quickly about bar, jason <laughs> let me t- let me teach you something about um podcasts and radio shows is mm-hmm. when you mention someone else on the show's name mm-hmm. while you're talking it's kind of like a cue to them to talk next so when he's saying this is yeah, what you could have followed up at any time, he's kind of leaving it for you to respond to. And you uh, said you pressed your fun button. Yeah, uh, I, I assume when I had autonomy over the fun button that I can press it wherever I want. Was it was I was I lied to you <laughs> on that? He's not wrong, Jason, because you you gave him that. I We didn't vote on that and we probably should have because I would have voted no. Did it but, again. Yeah, Tony, you, you and, and feel free to follow up like. Oh, OK. Now it's time for a Chicago Bears segment we call. I'm okay with the events that are unfolding currently. Everything's fine. That's okay. Things are gonna be okay. Russ learns that Tony is more producer than friend in his life. I mean, clearly, clearly, it's like, yo, friend, hey, talk about this situation that happened to you, and now I'm screw your situation because I'm gonna play everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah, let's play the circus music over Russ's story. You know, I'm not writing his check this month. Just just from that alone. So wasn't there supposed to be some sort of debit system? Oh, there's a fine. Yeah. That's 15 cents off your check. Buddy. Is Tony over there eating Jimmy's chance? Yeah, Tony's just eating a giant. So that adds to the so you're eating during our recording on our audio platform. You can't even talk. Lawrence, have do you have an another platform? You know what? You have another up. everything's fine. Let's do this. We're not we're not gonna we're gonna ignore everything's fine. We're gonna come back to it because he can't be eating and then expect us to do the work while he's eating. The best, the best part, the best part about this, and I know that we run the risk of of him choking and dying while we're talking. Yeah, about that, that happens. Like this this isn't Tony taking a sip of water or a bite of a piece of candy. He pulled out a, it's a big ass sandwich in his hand. <laughs> well, it's the size of his a 12 inch sandwich that he yeah. just pulled out a full sandwich. Like not like not even sheepishly taking a bite. Out big of ass bites. It's like I wait for him to open up chips and eat. Like a- he looks like Joey no, Chestnut mid competition taking that bite. No, we're, we're not doing everything's fine. We're going to ignore him. So whatever we're going to get to next we're gonna go it's through just, it. It's so ridiculous. It's so like the only thing that, that I can think of while Tony is doing that, and I, I don't mean this to diss, especially with Labor Day coming up. It's it is the stereotype of the union worker. Whoa, 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 whoa. What, what he just whoa. did. Russ and I are both union workers. <laughs> I know. I, I too am in a union. Easy. This is the stereotype whoa. of the Hey, man, we on break. And when we break, we break. <laughs> that's Tony that's... just in the middle of the show. Doesn't care at all. Here's a giant sandwich. Yeah, you don't I... have to smear all unions with that. Jason, you can just say that's a Tony. That's a stereotypical Jason, you know, Tony movie. The funniest thing, I forgot we were in a union until you just said it. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you guys technically in a guild? Yeah. No, a, no, the news a, news writers guild. Union, I think. But isn't the, the aren't they the operators the same? 
kind of. Yeah. Okay. But it's just it's so it's so like he basically put the sign up of on break <laughs> by pulling I, the sandwich. I, like, I don't even know if we're doing it justice for pe- people who can't see it. So I hope that he makes this a video clip that oh, people can see that no, Tony legitimately got the Jimmy Johns. Oh, he absolutely <laughs> will because the way he chooses the video clips are which ones is he the star of? <laughs> can Jason for real? Like, can you not read everything's fine because I don't want to give him the satisfaction of this moment. I, I'm going to side with you on this one, and uh, let me tell you something, Russ. Uh, I will get you a list of finable offenses for next week. Let's get it. That's like my Christmas present for you. It's really ridiculous. It's- Y'all, you can't see because this is an audio platform. He it, He's holding it with two hands. That's how big this yeah. is. Yeah. Like, this oh, he is has to cradle good. it the way so you would a newborn give child. Biggest, give me the biggest sandwich that you have <laughs> yeah. so I can eat it on my audio platform where I have to talk. Russ, the hungry. that I can keep thinking is, is that that sandwich has been there for the two hours that we've been talking. It's right? a hot ass sandwich now. Like it's not even cold. It's hot. Like it's been sitting there calling Tony's name this entire time. He has been dying to eat this sandwich and he hasn't had a chance to. And he found what he did was he found the spot where he could just be like, well, we're going to move on to another subject. And Lawrence has got something for this subject. So I'm going to hit this stupid ass button and then I'm going to eat my sandwich. Lawrence, That's worst, what he did. The worst thing, we literally take breaks between segments. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We have mandatory breaks. We have breaks, bathroom breaks, water breaks, whatever. For him to do that. He could throw down a couple of bites, come back, but no. He ate the sandwich like we couldn't see him. (laughs) Like a normal normal person would have hit the stop video on the Zoom. (laughs) But he was just like, no. He ate the sandwich like we can't see him. (laughs) He hasn't stopped eating it. He's still eating it. that Jimmy's John's has (laughs) and his bag of chips. What are you drinking? What what else is not drinking anything? He's gonna choke to death because he doesn't no drink. Look at him. He don't he didn't get out of drink. He's gonna kill himself. In my mind, mind, Tony has a two-liter somewhere next to him. Oh, he's looking around in a panic right now, Lawrence, because he's shoveling bread and meatballs in his mouth and he has nothing (laughs) to drink. He's gonna be he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna gonna be embarrassed because like damn, I'm gonna choke to death on this sandwich that I ate in the middle of this podcast. No, 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 he'll think it's funny. I think it's funny. He'll be like, this is a great segment. I'm going to make this Yo, a video clip. Tony's 100%. Hey, when I die, someone else make this into a video clip. Tony is 100%. Yeah, I died, but I died for content. So it's cool. Yeah, yeah he would. It's He's struggling right now. Are you it's okay? Do you have so tears hungry. coming down your eyes? Look at him. I was hungry, guys. I'm sorry. I was really, really hungry. Yeah, he has crumbs on the corner of his mouth. <laughs> this is my life. This is all time. This is an all time Tony moment. Put this at the top of the podcast, man. Please. Like, this is ridiculous. Jason, let's uh, talk about <laughs> Carrie Richardson. Yes, let's. <laughs> we can't even get to it. There's no transition now. I don't. I, I don't know what we can do here, but we have to salvage this thing somehow. Uh, U.S. sprinter Carrie Richardson. Uh, competed in her first event, first race since being suspended uh, for marijuana use. Um, and let me tell you. Now he 
puts Tony. the picture Tony, up. Where are you going? Now he puts the picture Tony up. Tony just turned his camera off. Like, so last segment, Russ, he eats a sandwich the size of a baby. And this segment, he just leaves. What the hell, man? Thanks, Tony. Is this how it is every week? Yes. Yes, No, this is a little bit worse. He's acting up, you know, just because you're around, I guess. Yeah, he, he, because company, we have company. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he was he company over and so he wants to act ass in front of company. Look what I can do. I'm he trying to be better. Well. I'm trying to be better. No, you're not trying you to have be a full mouth. Chew first, bro. You have mayonnaise in your mustache right now. And you're <laughs> you. You. While you're wiping mayonnaise off your face. In your mustache. Yo. Please, please, please. Call this episode mayonnaise in your mustache. I don't. I, okay, I don't but you guys can you guys can turn this into barstool however you want. He literally has mayonnaise on his mustache and he's wiping it off while he's screaming. I'm trying to be better. <laughs> That's where we're at trying, today. He's not trying to be better. He's, he's, trying, to, he's trying to be Tony. So Chikari, Chikari, Chikari. And then you mispronounce the woman's name. Thanks, Tony. Couldn't make the sound because his mouth was full of sandwich. <laughs> Mayonnaise. <laughs> you. <laughs> Jason, just go. I don't know. What, what, I don't know where we are. We. I don't. Carrie Richardson raced in the hundred meters and got smoked. Your thoughts, Russ? Um. Get it? Smoked? Yeah. Yeah. That was hilarious. Um. The internet was internet just blazed by her, Russ. <laughs> that was that was Twitter uh, after the race. Like they were. She was getting. She was going to catch these jokes. And Everybody honestly, already did all this. Yeah. It, but it was good. Like they were definitely like, yo, she got smoked like a blunt, all this other stuff. Yeah. Like I stuff mean, that put was, it bluntly. It's really funny. And look, after, after you come in last place, like you're going to have to cast the jokes for a little bit. Yeah. But in, if we're going to, I'm going to be a little rational here. Okay. It was her first race. She was at her peak at the Olympics and was going to destroy probably the field at the Olympics. And she was one of the favorites in the hundred meters. She wasn't going to destroy the field at the Olympics, but she was going to, she was probably going to medal, right? Let's say yeah, she's going to medal. Cause the, we know what Jamaica does, right? But her, her fastest time that she's ever run in the Olympics would have been fifth. I want to say, but she was on the upwards. She was on an upswing, right? Going into I agree. I agree with that. I just think that, I think that she is a, uh, there's a bit of a her being a product of the hype machine that leads us to believe that she was just going to destroy the competition when clearly those women from Jamaica were quite capable. And and I, I think I think took it personally in this race, like, yo, we're going to show you about your girl. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. I, I think that that is an accurate way of looking at their approach to this, that they love the fact that they went one, two, three. Bro, she got her boot smoked and they, and, and they didn't want to they didn't want to hear any excuses like they didn't want to hear any the only reason that we're standing on this podium is because you weren't wasn't here right they didn't want to hear none of that stuff because of of how magical their run both literally and figuratively was in tokyo so yeah i think they was ready and and it didn't help I'm all for the confidence. I think that it's important. In some cases, you have to walk it before you talk it before you walk it. I get that. 
but this was one of those times where she could have could have put herself in a no lose situation saying I'm happy to be back. I was completely inspired by what those women did in Japan. And I was looking forward to seeing where I'm at after this layoff with this race. That could have been the approach. It could have been, it was a real easy pivot that she could have made, but she didn't. She and, went full and, Deion Sanders. Yep. She put a, <laughs> she put a bullseye on her. And I don't think that, that the women from Jamaica even needed the bullseye. Now they're like, Oh, it's like that. Oh, we only won because you wasn't there. Cool. Watch this. And the thing is, I thought a lot of media outlets were kind to Shakari Richardson in this regard. The way that it was framed was Shakari Richardson finished ninth. Uh-uh. Shakari Richardson finished last. Ninth out of nine. Right. Correct. She finished last. Yeah. And she was far behind. Yeah. Where 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 the, the, the top finishers were and and the best is some of the, the commentating that went on during the race where it's like she's nowhere. Carrie Richardson's nowhere, you know, at the end of this whole thing where she just got her doors blown off. And, yeah, I think that there is mitigating circumstances. Clearly, she's probably outside of her training routine. Mm-hmm. The mental aspect of not being allowed to run at the Olympics, all of that stuff. Like, I get it. I, I, I am in support of it. But sometimes you just have to humble yourself and just let things happen and, and get in there and be like, okay, okay. I, knowing that you have the skill to compete with these women and then just go do your deal. Like she, I don't want to say she made herself a villain. I think that's too strong of language, but she definitely didn't help herself with the post race interview. Because mm-hmm. because now it's like, well, you weren't on the stage at the Olympics. We put you on the stage here at the Prefontaine, and you embarrassed yourself. And now you're out here still talking. When meanwhile they walking with the immortals. Mm-hmm. You know, you hear FloJo's name. Yeah, being mentioned with the times, and you take yourself out of the two hundred, and one of the one of the women who I want to say finished maybe fifth or sixth in the one hundred went on and won the two hundred. So there was precedent for, okay, you didn't win this race, but let's see where you was at. Like instead of telling us just wait, just wait till I come back, you had a chance thirty minutes later. Yeah. To show us where you was at and you you decided you didn't want a piece of that. I'm interested to see her next event at her next um, whatever race that she has. Because motivation. Yeah, like either this motivates you to perform at your best and get in shape. But if you come out and get your muffin cracked again, <laughs> I, look, I think this is a this might be one of those grand opening, grand closing situations. Let's share exactly what she said. Let's uh, let's have Tony read the quotes. And now Tony Gill reads. Uh, Lawrence Holmes, nice to meet you. Tony Gill with glasses. How you doing, sir? Just did wow, it. you're not a different person. Just read this. Let's see how he reads before we determine whether he still has mayonnaise. Right, he gonna pull a shikari. Yeah, I just enjoyed a sandwich along with my friend Tony Gill uh, with no glasses. So, 
This is sandwich time. All right. This is what uh, she said. I didn't want to say her name because I forgot it. Shakari. You forgot the person we were talking about 10 seconds ago, Shakari Richardson? Count me out if you want to. Talk all the b- you want. Because I'm here to stay. I'm not done. I'm the sixth fastest woman in this game ever. And can't nobody ever take that from me. Congratulations to the winners. Congratulations to the people that won. But they're not done seeing me yet. Period. It's quite the thing to say after you get your boot smoked. But, you know, it's cool. Um, I'm just interested to to see where she goes from here. No, there's a there's a, like a nuanced line of that needs to be told with this specifically because people are like, look, if you don't support her in everything that she does, you're not supporting black women. Wrong. And that is absolutely wrong. Because all um, three women that meddled. We're black. Black. <laughs> right. So, so like, are we only supporting black American women? Like what right. what are we doing here? Right. Like there's also a, a come to Jesus moment that all right, like for example, when she lost and then she had that interview, you know what my first thought was? Maybe she knew what she was going up against in, in the Olympics and then needed it out. Again, conspiracy dearest Tony. It, this has no conspiracy. merit whatsoever, honestly. But that thought did come up like when you're when you're in that in that field and you know who are the fast people in the world, you know if you like man, I don't know if I got this one. But that's 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 what I'm throwing out there. But I think there is some nuance that that Lawrence Tony, is she, that you guys are towing that is actually the the correct way to view this situation that I wasn't seeing on social media. It was either you support her in all that she does, or you hate black women. And I didn't like where those lines were being drawn on social media. Yeah, and I and I get it that people they got their capes for her because it sucks. Like I, I think everyone is everyone kind of understands where she was, and she'd had a family member pass away. She was dealing with that. And it's while it's against the bylaws, it's not illegal. So people saw an inequity with it. I, I think that there was some false equivalency that was going on with Michael Phelps when they were talking about it. I and I get like people like this is a young lady who people want to see win. Like they and and I and I wanted to see her win too. I like that she's got some personality and some flair and and a whole lot of skill and she's put in a ton of hard work. It just at some point you have to be like, I lost. Like take the L. Mm-hmm. And 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 rebuild because and and this is what I was talking about. So the woman who finished seventh in the one hundred, and hopefully I'm saying her name right, Mohinga Kambuji from Switzerland, she finished seventh in the one hundred. She won the two hundred. Like think about that. You have this big disappointment. You get dusted by half a second, which is in a hundred meters time. Like that's a long time to be behind the leaders of this. And you put it together, get ready for the next race, and you win the next race. I was disappointed, like, as someone who is rooting for Shakari Richardson, it felt like she tapped out and then got mad at us when we were like, why did you tap out? Like, we want to see you in the next race. Like, you run the 200, well, go run the 200. Right. And see where you're at. 
And yeah, it is weird that it has to be a blanket level of support that you have to give for you to be supportive. And that's where I feel like the disrespect that that was shown to, you know, Sharika Jackson and, and Shelly Ann Frazier Price and Elaine Thompson Herrera, like the level of disrespect that we show those women mm-hmm. by acting like they're not part of the diaspora, mm-hmm. that they're not black women that mm-hmm. are excelling at an incredibly excellent pace. And, and with the consistency of they did it a month ago and they did it again at the Prefontaine. It, I, I find that to be disrespectful. I, I find that us kind of turning our back on their historic accomplishment mm-hmm. for, for us to just kind of fall into the, well, we have to have Shakari's back no matter what. I, I, I think that's, that's a little reductive. And, and I, I think that we as a, as a people, number one, and as, as sports literati can do better than that. Russ, you'd find this hard to believe because we have been recording for going on two and a half hours right now, but we actually missed a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. I'm a little bit upset because there were plenty, so many things we didn't get to that we absolutely have to cover. A lot of stuff. Uh, Yeah. None of the things on my sheet of news are things that we got to, and we need to get into that. Okay. Milwaukee Bucks star Giannis Antetokounmpo bought part of the Milwaukee Brewers. Did you see that story? I did. Called it a dream come true and added some very heartfelt thoughts about his adopted hometown. And now, Tony Gill reads. Sorry, guys. Tony Gill in today. You just Tony Gill with glasses a little late there. Sorry. Apologize for that. <laughs> you have, you know, you're like, hold on, hold on. You have one job on this podcast. <laughs> One job. Like you literally is the job we fair, is the job we pay you for, besides being our friend, <laughs> to, to control the audio no. that we have on this platform. And you failed. You failed. We Russ, really shouldn't pay you this month. Russ, uh, nah, 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 nah. Damn this podcast. <laughs> You're not paying him no money this month. Uh, clarification: He has like five jobs on the show, and but he, you are correct in that he's failing at all of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Tony Gilbert glasses back for a second appearance. All right, this is Giannis under the. Like we tailor Wait, this no, bit that's not you. his name, bro. We tailor this bit for Come you. On. Hold on, no, we're dead in this segment. We're done. We did this we're for done. you. We're done. We're done. He did all that and call this man Giannis. No, we're not doing this. We're done. <laughs> Just go to the next thing on your the list, Jason. Just go to the next thing. Well, lost Russ, Lord, the next thing. Lost Lawrence. Like, we're <laughs> just go to the next thing. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a two part bit. <laughs> not, the bit's done. Bit's over. <laughs> Tony, Tony was just looking like, oh, I know I'm supposed to be doing something, but I'm not sure what it is. The thing he does every week that he loves to do. He just didn't even, we didn't even remember to do it. Oh he just did five minutes ago. The Baltimore Orioles, Russ, as of this recording, have lost 17 games in a row and fallen to 38 and 84. That's worse than the Diamondbacks, who previously were the joke of the sport. 
And uh, my point in bringing that up to you, Russ, is that, hey, it could be worse. Uh, that's a bad franchise. I actually think it's 18 now. They lost again today. I'm not sure if today made it 17 or 18, but uh, they haven't been close to 505 seasons, and I can't imagine what it must be like covering them. In football news, Lawrence, Cole Beasley and the Buffalo Bills were in town for a preseason game against the Bears. The Mitchell Trubisky revenge game, yo. No, well, the Cole Beasley part is the pe- thing people need to know about because uh, all of Chicago, you should go get tested. <laughs> uh, the Washington football team is down to eight finalists for its new name. Uh, see if you guys can each pick one off this list. The choices are Armada, Brigade, Commanders, Defenders, Presidents, Red Hogs, Red Wolves, or just continue calling it football team. I actually think football team is kind of dope now. Like at first I thought it was a joke and it was like generic brand stuff. I think it sets them apart from every other team in the NFL. If they get a name name, I don't know if it's going to be same love. And you know, part of the reason that this is taking two years, right? Because they couldn't buy the patents. People trademarked a whole bunch of names that they wanted because they knew this was coming. They just didn't know when. And so they couldn't get some of the names that they were looking at. And now you end up with this list of names that didn't get trademarked. Russ. All of those suck. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the football team or um, the, you said the red wolves is what on there. Red wolves. Yes. That would be the only other one that I'd be like, eh, to, but they're all suck. Tony. I like the commandos because then you can say, ah, oh, man, we're going that's, commandos. That's not, that's it. not it. That's not even what they were. It's, it's not even what they're called. Stop asking him things, Jason. He's and finally, Russ. Mike. And finally, Russ, at a horse track in Henderson County, Kentucky, a horse saw her shot at freedom and took it. This was a two year old horse, Russ, named Bold and Bossy, making her racing debut. And here's how the race went she bucked her jockey at the starting gate and ran out of the entire stadium ran up highway 41 toward the Indiana state line, I guess thinking she'll find freedom in Indiana, uh, made it about a mile up the road through traffic in full race attire before they corralled her on the side of the road. Mm. She's right getting to, the glue. I was about to say right to the glue factory. <laughs> no, she was okay. She was okay. But uh, you know, the, the, the way this was covered was that a, a, a horse, you know, a horse's racing debut goes awry, but I don't feel like that's how it would be covered in the horse media, I think the headline would be local horse makes valiant bid for freedom. This has been quite the episode of sports adjacent. Um, one, this is one, one of those ones where I got to say, I appreciate everybody who made it through this pot because if you did, no, it was good. Well, I'm not saying it wasn't, but there was just a lot. There's a lot. And Tony, I know this is one of our best shows ever. Honestly. I'm not, I don't think you're wrong. Chewing before you say that. Literally still eating. It's cool. I mean, it's fine. I'm glad he has a beverage now because he was he about to kill wait it. two minutes. It's, I, we were literally closing the pod. Mayonnaise. Russ is landing the plane. And Tony's <laughs> like, let me hit that emergency exit. That's not even as bad as, I mean, he's done it during an ad read before, Lawrence. The people that make it possible for us to pay him. Yeah. But it's cool. Uh, we want to thank CEO of House of L, Lawrence Holm, for stopping by, our guy, uh, for watching how this thing gets made each week and 
now you know, Lawrence, all we have to deal with with uh one Anthony Gill. Yeah, there there might be some changes to the structure of Russ. This is like your parents leave you alone for the weekend and then they come home and like the house is not cleaned up. Yeah. Yeah, that's how that's how yeah. I uh, describe this one. Lawrence is here and uh the place is a mess. It's a beautiful mess, though, boys. That's the best part about it. Mayonnaise all over the floor. <laughs> End this thing, Jason. So we also, can get also another good title for this episode. Either way. <laughs> you can get this show, Sports Adjacent, every Thursday morning on iTunes and Spotify and all the other podcast streaming services and downloading places. Get this, rate it, share it with your friends. Follow us all on Twitter, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Sports Adjacent with Jason Leisure and Russell Dorsey. Be sure to download, subscribe, and give the podcast five stars. You can check out the latest episode of Sports Adjacent on all digital streaming platforms. I'm very much adjacent. For a couple hours, I thought I was hood. But then all that happened, I was like, you know what, James? You adjacent to the mother Mm-hmm. Good job, guys. Good show. I enjoyed it. I'm going to F you up, Tony. <laughs> At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.